Natural MD Radio, your place to hear the whole truth on health and medicine for women and children and get the tools you need to take back your health naturally starting now. I'm Dr. Aviva Ram. Painful breasts, ouch, they can really hurt. You may be someone who experiences them just occasionally, maybe for a few days a month before your period, or like some women, in fact, about 20% of women, you may be feeling pretty tortured by aching breasts. And for some women, it can be weeks at a time. Some of my patients have told me that their breasts are so achy and swollen that sometimes they're too painful to get those ladies into a bra. And for some women, that pain can interfere with sex and even going to a job or a school, you're taking classes. The thing is that even though painful breasts are super common, breast tenderness is not just a normal part of being a girl. Your breasts are telling you it's time to do something for your health, to do a little bit of fine tuning. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Today, I'm going to teach you seven natural treatments that you can count on to kiss breast tenderness goodbye. I want to give you some definitions so you know what we're talking about. One is types of breast tenderness. In the medical world, we break these down into cyclic and non-cyclic. So most of us are going to experience cyclical breast tenderness at one time or another. This is usually generalized. You can feel it kind of throughout both breasts, and it's typically associated with your period. It often starts somewhere after the middle of your cycle or the week before your period or a few days before, and it usually goes away when your periods start. Gynecologists consider a minor amount of cyclic breast tenderness normal and just related to hormonal changes. But about a third of women experience non-cyclical breast pain, and it can be persistent throughout the month, and it's usually localized in one area of the breast. It can be caused by hormonal imbalances. It's really common in pregnancy. In fact, I always knew I was pregnant because my, my boobs started hurting. Large breasts are more apt to become painful just because of more pressure and weight. Hormone replacement therapy can cause breast pain, again, because of the hormones. And other medications, actually, even antidepressants can cause breast pain that is non-cyclic so that you you have it through the month. And then there can be some more acute things that happen like mastitis or local infections and breast cysts. Now, breast tenderness is very, very rarely caused by breast cancer. So women with fibrocystic breasts are more likely to have painful breasts. And fibrocystic breasts are when you have naturally more lumpy, bumpy breasts due to fibrous tissue. But let's talk about breast cancer just to get the scary stuff out of the way up front so you can pay attention to the rest of this talk without worrying. And you can take action if you need to. So I really get how, I mean, I'm a girl, I got boobs. I get how scary worries about breast cancer can be. And most women worry that any lump or pain is breast cancer until proven otherwise. But I want to give you some reassuring news. First of all, cyclic generalized breast pain, so that kind that comes before your period and then it goes away, is basically never, ever due to breast cancer. And that's the type that most of us get. Localized, non-cyclic breast pain is almost also never due to cancer. So take a deep breath, sigh of relief. 
Now, the not so good news is that some breast pain can be due to cancer, even though this is extremely rare and usually only happens when there's also an abnormal breast exam. It can happen. So it is important that if you do have breast pain, especially if it's new, you haven't noticed it before, and you're having any changes that you can see or feel in your breast, like a firm lump that doesn't really move around when you kind of mess around with it, or if the skin over the area that feels lumpy or is painful feels warm or thick, or if there's an orange peel appearance. If you have any of those kind of unusual breast symptoms, it's really important to go ahead and get an appointment with your family doctor, internist, or gynecologist. Now, mastitis, mastitis is usually associated with breastfeeding. You get a lump in your breast or a cyst and it becomes really inflamed and painful and can be infected. With mastitis, you usually feel fluey, like you feel achy, you may have a fever. And sometimes a doctor is needed in that case, but sometimes you can use home treatments, which I talk about for breastfeeding moms in my books, The Natural Pregnancy Book and Natural Health After Birth. If you do go to the doctor for any kind of breast pain or breast lump, it's really important to actually get a breast exam. I have actually had a client who had a breast lump and I sent her, when I was a midwife, I sent her to her gynecologist for a full breast exam. And she went to the gynecologist, told the gynecologist she was having this breast lump and the gynecologist never did a breast exam. She just talked to her, thought she was low risk. The woman was pregnant and she basically sent her home and I sent her back calling the doctor myself and it did turn out that the woman had breast cancer. So if your doctor doesn't offer you a breast exam, please insist and say you really feel like you need a full evaluation. If there is localized breast pain and there's a lump, sometimes um, an ultrasound may be necessary and sometimes a mammogram if the lump feels suspicious. A really good primary care doctor or gynecologist, and I say really good, I mean skilled, experienced, and confident in their exam should, on the basis of your symptoms and how the lump feels, be able to tell you whether you do need to go to an ultrasound or mammogram or whether you can watch it and come back and and get rechecked even in a month or two. Because remember, those cyclic things usually come right before our periods and then go away right after. And that's the same with um, cyclic breast lumps. So what should you do if you have cyclic or persistent breast discomfort? You want to take care of a few common things first. So for example, if you have really large breasts, you want to make sure that your bra fits properly and gives you the excellent support that you deserve. Most women actually wear poorly fitting bras. I can't even tell you, like I was like 48 when I learned how to finally fit a proper bra to myself, to my body. I got help at a bra shop and I didn't even know I was wearing the wrong bra. I just kind of went into a bra shop with my daughters and they were getting beautiful bras as a gift from me. And I thought, huh, I should get fitted too. And it turned out that I was wearing completely the wrong size for me. Thankfully, I wasn't having any breast symptoms or back aches, but If your bras aren't fitting properly, and especially if you have large breasts, that can cause you to have aching in your breasts. It can also cause you to have backache, neck ache, shoulder ache. So yes, good bras are expensive, but they can save you years of breast, back, and neck pain, and even headaches. And those things have a cost also. You also want to take stock of any medications that might be causing your breast pain and switch to natural alternatives if possible. So pay attention to any medications that you might have started, like 
birth control pills or an antidepressant. And take note if you think that that tenderness or achiness or even breast lumps started sometime after taking that medication. That can be a clue that that's actually what's causing it. For most of us, breast tenderness is due to hormonal imbalances, especially a hormonal imbalance called estrogen dominance. So estrogen is a hormone that causes breast tissue to grow. Interestingly, a certain kind of estrogen that our body produces also causes inflammation. So one thing you want to do is get to the root cause of why you might have too much estrogen in your body because that can help you say goodbye to breast tenderness. So some of the most common causes of estrogen dominance are having excess body fat because body fat produces more estrogen. So especially if you have a lot of um, weight around your middle or if you know that you need to lose 15 or more pounds, that could be contributing. Stress actually causes estrogen dominance because the adrenal system also controls our hormones. For example, the two times in my life that I have gotten a breast cyst have both been really, really, really stressful times. Um, Interestingly, during both of those times, it also required long hours and I was drinking coffee. And while the scientific evidence on coffee isn't really great for it causing breast tenderness, I can tell you I've worked with hundreds of women who I have suggested they quit the coffee and the breast tenderness and the breast cysts and the breast lumps go away. So there you have it. But stress is also really important. So if you're under a lot of stress and you know that you get breast lumps, bringing some mindfulness activities or changing the situations that are causing you stress is really important. Now, poor elimination, and what I'm saying by that is constipation, And also not getting enough fiber in your diet can cause estrogen dominance because the way that our body gets rid of extra estrogen is through our elimination. We poop it up. And also we have gut flora that help to transform that estrogen using the fiber in our gut to an eliminatable form. If we don't eliminate that estrogen effectively and daily, it actually gets reabsorbed into your body and recirculates, and it also does it in a more toxic, stronger form of estrogen. So if you're having constipation or you're not getting enough dietary fiber, you're not going to be getting rid of that estrogen, and it's really important to deal with both of those get your bowels moving every day. One of the ways you can do that is to get more fiber, and we're going to talk more about this in just a minute. Now, decreased liver detoxification of your hormones also means that you're going to have more hormones circulating around. So we're going to talk about ways that you can support your liver to do the work of detoxifying your estrogen that your body is naturally producing, and also estrogen that you're getting exposed to in the environment. Now, environmental estrogen exposure is actually a big deal. And where do we get it? Well, you've probably heard of BPA, which used to be the lining in a lot of cans and um, in soft plastics. Now we're using something called BPS, which also probably contributes to estrogen dominance. Estrogen is uh, a lot of um, pesticides and herbicides act like estrogens in our bodies when we absorb them. So they bind with our own natural estrogen receptors and turn on some of the same genetic programming that our own natural estrogen does. And we'll talk about ways to reduce your estrogen exposure from the environment in just a minute. 
And then also you can have nutritional deficiencies that can impair your detoxification and elimination. And yep, you got it. I'm going to talk about those too. So in addition, many of us, due to environmental toxins, insulin resistance due to not keeping our blood sugar steady throughout the day or getting too much sugar or having too many blood sugar crashes, and stress in that combination have a higher rate of chemicals circulating around in our bodies called inflammatory cytokines. These are the same kind of chemicals that your body is pumping out before you get a cold or a flu. So you know that couple of few days before you get a cold or a flu, you're feeling kind of achy, maybe you're a little bit irritable or even a little bit down, like you feel a little moody or depressed or anxious. That's because these chemicals are being pumped out because your body is already trying to fight something off. And when those chemicals are pumped out, they actually cause inflammation that can be related to both cyclic and non-cyclic breast tenderness. Now, according to the medical world, I said that with quotation marks around my fingers since you can't see me, the role of diet and lifestyle changes in treating breast discomforts remains unproven. I did quotes again. Yet, I have treated so many women in my practice. I have worked with so many women through my women's herbal course and in the conferences I teach at all around the country who have reversed or resolved their breast tenderness just by improving their diet, improving their detoxification, supporting their liver, and getting their elimination going. So what I want to do is share with you the top seven strategies that I use in my own practice and that I even trust enough to share with my own daughters. If you follow them closely, you can pretty much expect to see improvements or complete resolution of your breast tenderness or cyclic breast lumps in about two to three months, sometimes a little bit less. And what's really important to be aware of is if you get rid of it and then it starts creeping back, you, you can kind of use that as a sign of your own body giving you a warning sign, right? Like that's your warning sign that your hormones or your adrenal system or your detoxification is out of balance. And so what do you do? You listen to your body, you kind of pick up these tips again, if you've kind of fallen off the wagon doing them, and recalibrate. So I think about these seven factors, reducing estrogen exposure, excess estrogen exposure, revving up your liver detoxification, paying attention to daily elimination, thinking about eliminating coffee and actually alcohol because alcohol is pro-estrogenic. It's one of the few foods, well, if you call alcohol a food, it's one of the few substances that we ingest that actually is known to contribute to breast cancer because it's pro-estrogenic. So I'm not saying coffee and alcohol are bad at all. I'm just saying if you're prone to having this problem, you might want to take those out and then find what dose of those you can handle in your life before you get symptoms. You want to think about adding in appropriate supplements, of course, making sure that you're not smoking. That would be ideal for everyone's health. And then just kind of take stock spiritually. So let me break these down for you. The first thing is reducing excessive estrogen exposure. Now, some of what we're being exposed to, we can't avoid. It's just a fact of life living in the world that we live in. Incredibly, some of you may have heard me say this before, um, we know that even at birth, newborns nowadays are contaminated with over 300 environmental chemicals just from what they were exposed to and picked up by 
what their mom was getting exposed to during the pregnancy. So we're kind of living in a sea of chemicals. And a lot of these chemicals act as what are called xenoestrogens. Xeno means foreign, like, or other or stranger. Like you've heard the term xenophobia. It's being afraid of others or being afraid of strangers. In our bodies, these xenoestrogens, like I mentioned from the plastics and from the pesticides and herbicides, are xenoestrogens. They're foreign to our body, but when they get in our body, they can impact us just as if we were getting too much estrogen from hormone replacement or birth control, for example. So our environment, just as like a kind of alarming but really interesting fact, is so filled with estrogens that even just from women urinating out estrogens from birth control pills and from pharmaceutical companies that are producing hormones, leaking those into the groundwater and seawater, there are entire populations of male fish that have become female just from pharmaceutical runoff into major water systems. It's kind of horrifying, but it also gives us perspective on what our bodies are trying to keep up with that evolution didn't prepare us to keep up with. Evolution didn't prepare us to keep up with that much estrogen exposure. So the list of possible estrogen exposures is really long, but I want to give you a set of simple things you can do to reduce your environmental estrogen exposure. One is drink and eat out of glass and other non-plastic packaging only. Particularly avoid soft plastics, the kind of things that cheese comes wrapped in or meats come wrapped in, and never, ever microwave food in plastic containers. I drink water out of a Life Factory water bottle. I love those water bottles. I don't have any stock in them. I probably should have because I recommend them so much. I've bought one for all my kids. I bought one for my husband. Um, I bought one for my granddaughter. And, And they're a glass bottle, but they have a silicone kind of like kind of container that it sits in. It's really cool looking. They come in awesome colors and they come in all, like they come in a large size, but they come in a medium size. And then they come in little sizes like baby bottles and little kids sippy cup sizes. And I've had the same Life Factory water bottle, I think for like six or seven years now. I have actually dropped that thing on a New York City sidewalk. I dropped it in a parking lot one night when I was going to do rounds at the, check a patient in at the hospital. That thing just takes a licking and keeps on ticking. I actually put hot beverages in mine too, and it can go right in the dishwasher. So Life Factory water bottles, awesome, and it keeps you from drinking out of plastic water bottles. Please don't do that if you can avoid it. Another thing is to eat organic, especially your meats and your dairy, because that's where you're going to get the most heavy concentration of environmental triggers. And the reason is, is because the fat in the meat and the fat in the dairy hold on to these estrogenic-like compounds really tightly. And so when you eat them, they end up in your circulation. And because they love fat, then they migrate to your own fat cells. So you actually start storing these things in your fat cells and they trigger all kinds of inflammation. If you can't afford to eat your produce organic, which most of us can't afford to eat all of our produce organic, take a look at the Environmental Working Group, Dirty Dozen and Clean 15. The Dirty Dozen are the most heavily environmentally pesticided fruits and vegetables. And so avoid those if you can't eat those organic and emphasize the Clean 15 because those are the ones that are the least contaminated. Now, 
If you're experiencing breast pain, cyclically or non-cyclically, or breast lumps, I recommend eliminating all dairy for three months, even raw milk, even goat's milk, just take all dairy products out. That means cheese, yogurt, kefir, and any milk, including how much you're putting in your coffee. I have one person I'm working with who even just a little bit that she's putting in her coffee seems to be a problem for her. She's just really sensitive to it. You can keep the butter in because butter doesn't seem to cause it. So that I don't worry about. So many of my patients have told me that the combination of removing dairy and removing coffee has made a huge impact on their breast tenderness and breast lumps. You want to think about replacing the estrogens that you're getting exposed to in your body and also the ones that your body's producing by consuming plants that are rich in what are called phytoestrogens. Phytoestrogens are estrogens that are found in plants, but they're much, much weaker than the kinds that we're getting exposed to through environmental exposures and even weaker than the ones that our body's producing. So they help to displace them. And by displacing them, you're actually binding your cell receptors, the part that turn on the activities that estrogen would turn on with weaker ones. So you're not getting as much of an estrogen punch as you do from the environmental contaminants and also from your own body's natural estrogens. Flax seeds are an excellent source of phytoestrogens or phytoestrogens, as are all the legumes. Now, you may not uh, want to consume soy, but soy can be really helpful because it's very rich in phytoestrogens. If you do consume soy, make sure it's organic because then you can be more assured it's non-GMO. But a lot of the, all the other legumes, uh, garbanzo beans, lentils, for example, are rich in these sources of plant-based estrogens, as are leafy greens. So your kale, your collards, Brussels sprouts, bok choy, Napa cabbage, green cabbage, those are all really important sources of phytoestrogens. And not only that, they are amazing at supporting the liver's detoxification of the estrogen. So they help in two ways. Because of these chemicals that they have called sulforaphanes, those help detoxification, natural detoxification in the liver. Now, this is a really tough one if you're already on it, but I do recommend avoiding estrogen-based birth control whenever possible. Birth control pills can have a huge impact on causing the cyclic breast tenderness and the non-cyclic breast tenderness as well as breast lumps. So if this is really a problem for you, there are lots of other consequences as well of oral birth control pills. I'm not a huge fan. Same with the other forms that are high in estrogen. Obviously, if you're on it, you want to do things like support your liver and support your detoxification and get these phytoestrogen-rich plants and do all the other things I'm mentioning. But if you're open to an alternative, then working with natural family planning, an IUD, condoms and a diaphragm. There are other methods that can be effective and as effective, but not cause you the systemic hormonal distress that you might be experiencing. Now, in addition to flax seeds being a rich source of phytoestrogens, they also help with constipation. So I recommend that all of my patients with breast tenderness include two tablespoons of freshly ground flax seeds in their diet every day. You can throw them in a smoothie, you can put them in salad, 
salad. You can put them on some whole grain. I de- generally recommend not cooking with them. Some studies show that even when you cook them in muffins, they're still really helpful for cholesterol, for example. But I recommend just grinding them fresh in your blender, storing them in the fridge, and then adding them to smoothies. You can put them on a fruit salad, vegetable salad, and they taste really, really delicious. There's an herbal medicine well, flax seeds and, and greens, if you think about it, they're herbal medicines too, because all herbal medicines really are, are plants that are medicines. But of course, sometimes they have more active chemical constituents, so we don't really think of them as food. We think of them as medicine. One of these that I love is called chasteberry or vitex. And while vitex doesn't play a huge role in estrogen metabolism, it may actually contribute a little estrogen. For example, several really good quality scientific studies have shown that it does reduce not only PMS symptoms, but especially breast tenderness. And typically what you want is about five milliliters of the liquid extract every day. That's about a measured teaspoon or about 32 grams of the Vitex if you're taking it in a capsule. I recommend taking it for about a month and seeing if your symptoms get better. There are some reports I've periodically heard of of some women saying, hey, it actually increased my breast tenderness. That's the exception and not the rule. But if you're super sensitive to estrogen, that may be why it's contributing. So try it for a month. Buy a small amount, like buy a one ounce bottle of the tincture or buy the smallest amount of the capsules that you can get and see there's no harm in trying this herb. Um, The next thing I want to talk about is getting your liver detoxification system really revved up. So the liver is your body's main site for detoxifying and breaking down estrogen and getting it ready for complete elimination by your gut. A lot of women have sluggish liver detoxification systems, partly because we have changes in our genes that have affected our detoxification, but largely because we're living in this sea of chemicals and that that has actually overwhelmed our natural detoxification systems. And then finally, many of us are not getting enough of the B vitamins and other vitamins and minerals that our liver detoxification systems need to effectively break things down. So some of the things you can do to support your liver detoxification are eat your greens, the kale, collards, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, broccoli sprouts. These are all the greens in that family. So any of the cabbages, the Chinese cabbages, contain those chemicals I mentioned and some others that help to detoxify estrogen. And also the fiber helps clear it out of your body before it can be reabsorbed. Another thing you want to think about doing is taking bitter herbs to support the liver's ability to detoxify. Bitter herbs have historically been taken to stimulate digestion. They do this by stimulating the liver, stimulating the gallbladder to release bile and help actually help you evacuate. So they support detoxification, rev up the liver's functions and help you have a daily bowel movement. My favorite choices are artichoke, which not eating the artichoke, but extract of artichoke, dandelion root, turmeric, and an herb called greater celandine. And if you go on to some of the major herbal supplement companies um, on the internet, some of the companies I really love are Herb Farm and Gaia Herbs. They sell specific compounds that you can use to help support these functions. 
Now, I mentioned keeping your digestive system in top functioning. This is important for so many aspects of your health, and it really means having one to two healthy poops a day, not too hard, not too soft. I sound like Goldilocks when I'm saying that. And keeping your gut flora healthy with probiotics. You can get the probiotics from probiotic-rich lacto-fermented foods like sauerkraut or kimchi, or you can take a probiotic supplement. It's really interesting because what I was mentioning earlier about the importance of good gut flora and getting leafy greens to help break down the estrogen, it means that you actually have to nurture the kind of gut flora that does that work on breaking down the greens and also breaking down the estrogens in your intestines. So the kinds that you want to think about are foods and supplements that have lactobacillus and bifidobacterium species or strains in them. Now, most live active culture yogurt has those as well. But remember, right now, you're also focusing on eliminating the dairy for a few months. So this is a time when you may want to take a probiotic supplement that carries those lactobacillus and bifidobacterium strains in them. Women who eliminate daily have much less breast tenderness than those who only have a bowel movement one or two times or even a few times a week. And having a good probiotic along with good fiber can make a huge difference in having a regular daily bowel movement. Now, if you're still struggling, you've added in some greens, you've bumped up your fiber, you've added in a probiotic, but you're still not pooping every day, consider taking anywhere from about 120 to 1,200 milligrams of magnesium citrate. It's the citrate form that acts as an osmotic laxative. So it helps you achieve a soft but still firm daily bowel movement. And the way I usually recommend doing that is starting, very few people who are constipated get enough benefit from just 120 milligrams. So I usually recommend starting out with about 240, 250 milligrams, depending on what company you're getting. It'll, you know, you have a little bit of flexibility there. Each company is going to have a slightly different number of milligrams in their capsules. And take it before bed. Most people are going to need even more than that if they're pretty constipated. So often it's 600 milligrams or 800 milligrams. If you need to start taking more than six or 800 before bed to have a poop the next morning, or if you're getting up to like taking 1,000 or 1,200, then split your dose where you're taking half of it at night before you go to bed and then half of it in the morning. It's very safe and you can continue to take it at the dose that you kind of learn to adjust for yourself to get a good regular healthy daily bowel movement. So if you're taking it and you find that your stools are getting too soft, back down on the dose by a capsule or two. If your stools are slowing down or not firm, you can bump it up just a little bit and stop at that 1200 milligrams. The only concern I would say is if you're on a blood pressure medication, magnesium helps relax the blood vessels, which means it's helpful and can be really super helpful actually in reducing um, blood pressure. It also helps to slow down the heart rhythm. So if you're on any medications for blood pressure or any medications for heart rhythm irregularities, like you have AFib and you're taking a, a beta blocker or something or anything that can slow your heart rate or your blood pressure, then just be careful because you don't want to get dizzy if you're taking too much magnesium because it's lowered your blood pressure. The upside of that is that if it's really helping to lower your blood pressure or keep your heart rhythm a little bit more regular, you can talk with your doctor and maybe actually get your medication lowered. 
Now, the fourth thing I want you to think about doing is reducing inflammation. Inflammation is what's causing the pain and the swelling. So reducing the amount of inflammatory chemicals that you have hanging out in your body can really help you to reduce breast tenderness. And here's how you do it. One is thinking about cutting back on your animal protein. Now, if you're a vegetarian and your blood sugar is always irregular, you may need to increase your protein and even think about adding some animal protein. But if you're eating a lot of meat, particularly a lot of red meat every day, let's say you started a paleo diet and now all of a sudden you're having a lot of breast lumps or breast tenderness that you never had before, it may be that you're getting too much inflammation in your system from that. So fish is low inflammatory, but you want to make sure that you're getting varieties that are low in mercury. That's really, really important, especially if you're going to eat it regularly. And vegetarian sources of protein are less pro-inflammatory than than most meats. So if you're eating a lot of meat and you're finding that you're having cyclic breast tenderness, you might want to think about adding some more plant-based proteins to your diet, like the legumes, the garbanzo beans, the lentils, and so forth. And again, remember, those help bind that estrogen because they have plant estrogens. You also want to make sure to eat really good quality fats. Poor quality oils and oils that are rancid increase inflammation in your body. So stick to walnut oil, olive oil, and coconut oil for cooking. And you can use raw flaxseed oil for dressings and salad dressings, grains, and vegetables. And of course, you can use olive oil and walnut oil on those as well. Now, it's really important to cut out the sugar. Sugar creates an enormous amount of chronic inflammation in the body, and inflammation wreaks all kinds of havoc in your system. So if you're having breast tenderness, it's not like the only inflammation that's going on in your body is in your breast. You're having it systemically. You're just feeling it the most in your breast. And I know it's really, really tough to cut out sugar. I'm not going to talk about all the ways to do that here. You can read about that in my blog. I'm going to talk a lot about it in my next book but you got to wait a while for that to come out unless you're, if you're listening to this in late 2016 or early 2017, it's right around the corner. But right now in February of 2016, and we still have about 11 months for it to come out, but I have a lot of blogs on the topic. And um, there are a couple of great books out there that can be really helpful if you're just new to all this kind of natural approach and you've never tried to change your diet or cut out sugar before. Some popular trade books on the subject are The Blood Sugar Solution and the 10-Day Detox by Mark Hyman. Um, JJ Virgin's Virgin Diet can really help you get, get the sugar out. The other thing is keeping your blood sugar steady by getting plenty of good quality fat and protein in your diet will make you crave sugar less or not at all. Now, there are two supplements that I want to mention in addition to the ones I've already mentioned. One is evening primrose oil and the other is vitamin E in the form of D-alpha-tocopherol. D is in David, alpha-tocopherol. And at the health food store, if you go get this or on the internet, it'll say it really obviously or the person at the health food store will know what it is. Evening primrose oil all the studies on it show mixed results, but a lot of practitioners find it really, really helpful. And you can take that as directed on the package that you get. For the vitamin D, you want to take 600 units daily. And I recommend taking that for three months. And I recommend doing that in combination, particularly with the Vitex and the liver support. So if I had to pick, you know, kind of one protocol or plan that you would follow, it would be to do the flaxseed, the Vitex or Chaseberry 
eat the greens, do the liver support, and take the vitamin E. Of course, make sure your bowels are moving. Now, it's really important to drink enough water. And again, as I mentioned earlier, ditch the coffee and 86 the alcohol. Again, it's not necessarily that it's bad for you, but some women are super, super sensitive to its hormone disrupting and stress increasing effects. Like I mentioned earlier, the two times I've ever gotten a breast cyst in my life were both times that I was drinking back that coffee because I was under a lot of stress. You know, one time was in residency and another time I was really putting in the hours, making a very stressful work decision. And there was a lot going on. So I was kind of knocking back more coffee. And, you know, it's amazing for some women, because I, like, I'm one of these women who's just super sensitive to caffeine and alcohol. I'm the cheapest drunk ever, a quarter glass of white wine. And I kid you not, I am a silly woman. Yeah. So I, I am, I'm careful who I drink in the company of. But for me, I kind of tend to not have a lot of those things in my life because I know that I don't eliminate them. And we, we all metabolize these substances differently. And it has to do with our genetics and also um, our liver function and how well we're supporting our liver. But some of it's genetic. We might not be good metabolizers because we have a methylfolate gene that is changed from people who metabolize better. Or we have a couple of other genes that, um, like the COMT gene, for example, has a little bit of a change in it in some of us. And it prevents us from breaking these things down really quickly in our liver. So they tend to linger around more and have more of an impact on our body because they're circulating longer. And honestly, even a couple of cups of coffee a week are enough to knock some women off balance. So I recommend trying green tea instead if you really, really need to have the coffee. And green tea is actually great because it does something called inhibiting aromatase. And that means it's actually inhibiting the conversion of a chemical process that makes more estrogen in your body. So it has some antioxidant and health protective effects, but you might try to eliminate the caffeine altogether. How long for to see a difference? Honestly, two to three months. It takes about two to three months anytime we're trying to make a hormonal change in our body to kind of figure out if the jury's in or the jury's out on whether that was an effective intervention to do. I recommend drinking water or water with lemon every now and then, some sparkling water, but just water as your beverage. It's delicious. I drink lemon water in the morning. It may actually help support elimination of excess hormones. And again, reducing alcohol or getting rid of it altogether as an experiment is not only protective against breast lumps and cyclic breast tenderness, but actually breast cancer. So just for the record, how much alcohol is technically considered more than any woman should drink for safety is more than one glass a day. But studies show that even women who drink just a couple of glasses of wine are actually at more risk for breast cancer than women who don't drink at all. So something to think about. Okay, something else that you can do to help if you have cyclic breast tenderness or if you have cyclic breast lumps or breast, breast cysts in general, is to increase the iodine in your diet. Iodine deficiency is really prevalent and it's on the rise. I check iodine levels in my patients, my women patients quite frequently because I'm also checking thyroid levels on a lot of my patients. And so I have just seen what a huge trend there is in lower iodine levels. I, I kind of see it more than I don't see it. I'm, sometimes I'm surprised when somebody has a really good or normal level of iodine. 
So if your breasts are lumpy or tender, you want to think about increasing or adding seaweeds to your diet. And also check to make sure that your multivitamin supplement has iodine in it. Um, seaweeds, you want to make sure to be really careful and get from a clean source. I get seaweeds from a company called Maine Coast Seaweeds. It's a guy named Larch Hansen. He's meticulous about um, where he harvests. He harvests naturally off the coast of Maine. That's why his company is called Maine Coast Seaweeds. Um, and he's really aware of the potential for heavy metal contamination. So um, he's in my opinion, got some of the cleanest product out there. You can order in bulk, just go to his website, or you can get something like Dulse Flakes, that's spelled D-U-L-S-E. Dulse is a red seaweed. It's very rich in iron, calcium, and also iodine. And just take maybe about a tablespoon of that a day. If you have Hashimoto's, you want to be careful Every now and then someone who starts adding iodine who has Hashimoto's may have a flare. But for the rest of us, we really don't need to be concerned about that or risks of it as long as you're getting it in a small amount through sea vegetables. Uh, dulse, Alaria, wakame, um, those are the great ones that you can think about. Uh, kelp, really great um, to add iodine to your diet. The last thing I want to mention is taking stock spiritually and paying attention to what your body is telling you. Our bodies provide us with an amazing amount of information that's mirroring what's going on in our emotional lives. So I think it's really important to ask ourselves when we've got something going on, especially when it's happening pretty often, what is your body telling you? Are you struggling in a relationship right now? Are you struggling with issues at work? Are you more stressed out or tired than usual? When we're more tired than usual or not getting good or adequate sleep, we're actually more prone to breast cancer because we're not getting rid of our estrogen as effectively as we should be. Are you taking care of yourself? Are you having time to exercise and eating well? I mean, sometimes just a little bit of looking inside can give us some insights into what your body's telling you. So like for me, when I told you I was going through a really stressful time at one point and I got a breast cyst, it was telling me that I was ignoring that I was really, really unhappy and unhealthy in a work situation that I was in. Guess what? I left that work situation and within a few days, this breast cyst that I had that was really painful went away. It also meant that when I made that shift, I was able to do more things. Like when I made that shift, I was less stressed. So suddenly, like within a day, I went back to sleeping normally. I cut out the caffeine. You know, really all these life stressors have such a huge influence on what's going on in our body. So it is really worthwhile to just kind of take a few minutes. I know this is going to sound really silly, but sit down with a pen and paper or your computer, preferably a pen and paper, and just sort of ask the girls, you know what I mean by the girls, ask the girls, hey, what's going on here? Like, And let, let that answer come up from within you. And you may be surprised to, to hear what your body's telling you. Also, along the same lines, take some time to nourish your breasts directly. You know, it's a part of our body that we either think of as like pleasure or nursing our babies, but how often do we actually take time to just nurture 
our breasts. Like when you're in the shower, you know, you may do the quick wash off, but you can instead, you can actually bring in a little tiny bit of a really nice scented massage oil, especially some lavender oil or some rose oil, or even just soapy hands and take some time to massage your breasts, massage them from the top down toward the center, toward the nipple, just gently with a gentle stroking motion. And then also out from the sides of your breasts, out toward your armpits, which can actually facilitate drainage of the lymph glands and that can start to improve the circulation and actual detoxification in your breasts. And that can reduce pain and swelling and be an important part of just taking care of slowing down and nurturing yourself. So I hope that these suggestions really bring you some great relief from your breast pain, your breast symptoms, bring you some peace of mind. And if you liked this podcast, this episode, please make sure to leave a comment for me and tell me what you thought. Tell me what you're going to try. Feel free to swing back around in a couple of months and let me know what worked for you. I love hearing from you. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Natural MD Radio. If you did, please go to avivaram.com and join the conversation about the show on my blog. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter. It's free and it's jam-packed with powerful tips to help you take back your health naturally. That's avivaram.com. Take care and see you next time.